Good morning, Mars Park United Methodist Church. Welcome. We're so grateful that we can gather together to worship and praise our God as a family of God, whether it be of in person or those of us joining us online, we welcome you. If you're a first-time visitor or relatively new, please let us know who you are. There's a variety of ways to do that. There is a, at the back of your bulletin, there's a QR code. You can use your smartphone to let us know who you are. There's a little link on the virtual hospitality pad that you can click on. And of course, there's the physical hospitality pad at the end of your pews that you can pass to your neighbor. Uh, one thing, we really do want you to pass this along. In it, you will find a little card here. This is also available in the narthex on the table. This is for those of us who uh, give online, who mail in our offering. Uh, this is a way for you to participate in the time of offertory, right? You can just drop this off in the plate along with others uh, as we celebrate God's goodness in our lives and God's generosity in the life of our church. I'm so grateful to be joined by my friend and colleague, Pastor Bill. What else is going on today? We on a lot of great things going on in the life of the church. Of course, it's Confirmation Sunday, 74 confirmands being confirmed into our church this day. What a great day for our church, the life of our church. Also, it continues tonight, 7 o'clock, here in the sanctuary. We have a concert called Hear My Prayer, an evening of German music. It's going to have our chancel choir, chamber singers, Myers Park String, cast of thousands, right? So you all want to come back at 7 o'clock tonight here in the sanctuary. And now let us continue in an attitude of worship.
affirmation of faith this morning is the Apostles' Creed. It's numbered 881 in the back of your hymnals. Let us unite in this historic confession of our Christian faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascendeth into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I invite you to turn in your worship bulletins to the prayer confession which is printed there. Let us confess our sins before God and one another. Let us pray. Gracious God, forgive us for the doubt that clouds our vision, the pain that makes us hide from you, from ourselves, and from those we love most. Free us from our confusion, heal us from our wounds, resurrect us from our shame, raise us into the hope and joy that we realize when we're close to you. Amen. My friends, hear the good news. Christ died for us while we're yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. As a church community, we come together today to celebrate our 74 confirmands and the decision these young people are making to commit to the life of the church through their prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. Over the course of this academic year, we have gathered weekly, had deep discussions, gone on two retreats, and shared a whole lot of life together. So we are excited to now officially welcome them into the membership of the church. Through confirmation and through the reaffirmation of our faith, we renew the covenant declared at our baptism, acknowledge what God is doing for us, and affirm our commitment to Christ's holy church. So with that, uh, it is my greatest joy to present to you the confirmation class of 2023 and their adult mentors. So please stand as you hear your name. Carmen Gillis, Gray Dyer, Molly Giffen, Celia McCullum, 
Chandler Head, Wynn Hagland, Jack Lawson, Davis Elizak, Mac McCullough, Allison Searles, Carlton Hoover, Alice Hunter, Ainsley Holden, Katia Seberg, Steele Daniels, Merritt Ballantyne, Miles Fuller, William Mullenix, Bennett Springer, Heidi Giffen, Josh Simmons, Kerrigan Michael, Abby Rucker, Elizabeth Wells, Kate Harrison, Fulton Searles, Sam Shaw, Lucas Wright, and Graham Radcliffe. Friends, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, confirmands, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in the world? If so, please say, we do. Will you strive with us to follow Jesus Christ, confess him as Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve God's people in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? If so, please say, we will. As members of the body of Christ here at Mars Park United Methodist Church, we faithfully engage in ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. If so, please say, we will. All right, confirmands, please remain standing. Parents of our confirmands today, at your child's baptism or in their infancy, you agree to nurture these young people in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example, they may be guided to accept God's grace for themselves, to profess their faith openly, and to lead a Christian life. Do you renew that commitment now? If so, please say, we do. So with that, I would like to invite the parents and confirmands from Heidi and Josh's small group forward to kneel at the altar.
We now invite forward the parents and confirmands from Allison and Carlton's small group. And finally, we invite forward the parents and confirmands in Carmen and Gray's small group.
Family of God, I commend these new friends to your love and care. Will you do all in your power to encourage and walk with them as together we strive to increase our faith, confirm our hope, and grow in love and compassion. I invite you to respond collectively as printed in our bulletin. Let us respond together now. We give thanks for all that God has given you, and we welcome you in Christian love as members together with you, the body of Christ, and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church. We renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Coppermans, we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation, we renew our covenant to uphold the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service and our witness that in everything, God may be glorified through Christ Jesus. The God of all grace who has called us to eternal glory in Christ established you and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit that you may live in grace and peace. Amen. Friends, let us welcome these new folks, new friends into the life of our church. Testament reading is 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning with the 12th verse. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal which comes upon you to prove you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that in due time he may exalt you. Cast all your anxieties on him, for he cares about you. Be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experience of suffering is required of your brotherhood throughout the world. 
And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, establish, and strengthen you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Please stand for the reading of the gospel lesson. The gospel reading comes from John chapter 17, beginning with the first verse. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him power over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory which I had with you before the world was made. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given, whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, or have given them the words which you gave me, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you did send me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours, all mine are yours, and you are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Raymond E. Brown is one of my favorite New Testament scholars. He and other New Testament scholars have kind of categorized different portions of gospel according to John. The first 12th chapter is typically categorized as the book of signs, book of signs. And from chapter 13 to 21, that's typically labeled as a book of glory, which is fitting because our gospel lesson, especially from chapter 17 of John, starting with the first verse, Jesus speaks a whole lot of glory. We read, uh, the hours has come to glorify your son, Jesus says, so that the son may glorify you. He further goes on to say, I glorify you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence. And Jesus also says, I have been glorified in them. But what is glory? What does it mean to receive glory? What does it mean to live into glory? What kind of glory are we talking about? Confirmands, uh, we are very proud of you for your year-long journey, an entire year of learning more about God, growing closer to Jesus and closer to one another. We're also very thankful for your mentors, volunteers, our youth staff uh, that have journeyed with you for this last year or so. So after this year of journeying together, receive thy prize, glory. Glory, no? Not getting it? Glory? <laughs> what does it mean for you and all of us to live into this prize that is God's glory? I imagine all of you will enter high school this fall, ninth grade, 
I don't know if it's still a required reading. I don't even remember if it was required reading for me when I was in high school a couple of decades ago, but I do remember somebody uh, that I admire telling me, Uyan, you just got to read Homer's The Iliad. So I picked it up. I think I was sophomore or so. Picked it up, read the whole book, and when I got to college, I picked it up again, read it again, because I didn't have any idea what I was reading in high school, and I read it then. Uh, but here's the point. There is a particular ways in which Greek language, kleos, is the word that translates as glory in the Greek word. It's associated with the English word loud. It means what others hear about you. So the Greek word glory, kleos, means what others hear about you loudly. Which when you really think about it, it really is appropriate because that's exactly how many of us would define glory here in the 21st century. Glory is nothing less than what other people talk about us loudly. So, if you read this marvelous book, The Iliad, it's a wonderful book, super easy to read. Uh, you'll encounter a lot of different characters. One of the characters is Achilles. He is the greatest of all Greek warriors. He finds himself, along with other Greeks, in the greatest of all wars in the history of mankind, the Trojan War. That's where the Trojan horse comes from, by the way. So in the midst of this battle, Achilles has a moment of reflection. This is what he says. If I hold out here and I lay siege to Troy, my journey home is gone, but my glory never dies. If I voyage back to the fatherland I love, my pride, my glory dies. True, but the life that's left me will be long. The stroke of death will not come on me quickly. So Achilles, the greatest of all warriors in Greece, has a choice. One is to choose to return home where he can live a long life with those whom he loves and those who love him. And the alternative is to seek a particular kind of glory through battle through war, the type of glories where others will talk about him loudly. Uh, you don't have to read the book to know what Achilles ended up choosing. He chose a particular path of glory that led to his demise and perishing. And I gotta tell you, this very chaos understanding of glory is what the world would have us sought after to actively seek to give our lives over to Unfortunately, Jesus provides an alternative understanding of what glory can be. So here's what glory is in the light of Christ, in the light of the gospel. Remember how the, the book of glory in John begins when? Chapter 13. In the first 11 verses of chapter 13, this is how the story uh, continues. Chapter 13 is when Jesus is with his disciples, gather on the table, and Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. The book of glory in the Gospel of John, starting from chapter 13, verse 1, begins by the Savior, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, washing the feet of his disciples. And in doing so, Jesus invites his disciples to do the same, to join him in this act. The type of glory that Jesus demonstrates to us is not the glory of kings, of warlords, of those in power, but it is a particular kind of glory unique to Jesus, unique to the gospel, and it's the servant's glory. Servant's glory, 
rooted in the washing of feet. Servant's glory, that is rooted in forgiveness, gentleness, kindness, generosity, sacrifice, service, service. And in doing so, Jesus ultimately prays what we would classify today as Jesus prays an intercessory prayer on behalf of his kids. Have you noticed that? Intercessory prayer is when we pray for others for what we wish for them in their lives, and Jesus prays for his people, for his children. Jesus prays for a particular kind of protection. Did you notice that? Protection from what? Protection from who? I think Jesus is praying for a type of protection where we do not fall astray from the path of discipleship where we seek the glories of Achilles because it's so easy to do. But instead, Jesus prays for a particular type of protection that we stay the path of the servant's glory to lead a life of sacrifice, generosity, mercy, gentleness, goodness. In John chapter 8, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. I love that. Remember that passage? Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Here's what's really interesting about light. We never look at the light directly, do we? But instead, through light, we're able to look at everything else. Light is by which we're able to see everyone and everything in the world. So the type of light that is shown then illuminates our particular kind of perspective to see everything else. So when Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, part of what Jesus is saying is, see the world, see all those in it and everything in it through my lens, through the lens of the gospel. And here's what's really cool about it too. In, in, in Matthew chapter five, you know what Jesus says to you and me? Jesus says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world, confirmands, in such a way that by how we live, the ways in which we give witness will shine light upon the world so that they can see their world with a different lens through Christ's perspective. Uh, that's a partnership that our God invites us to, to be the light of the world. Two Sundays ago, we talked about one of the marks of discipleship being what? To read the Bible, to know the stories of God. Have you guys been reading the Bible, Confirmands? The whole thing? Yes? No? Yes? Yeah. Uh, last Sunday, we talked about another marks of discipleship. That is, to live a life of obedience. So, Confirmands, once again, may you live the life of obedience to obey God and to obey your parents. Wink, wink, parents. Don't ever say I never did anything for you. Yeah. <laughs> and today, the other marks of, uh, marks of discipleship is this. Live a life of service. Live a life of service so that you may live into the glories of God, that you may live into servants' glory. And I gotta tell you, to live this way, to live a life that leads to servants' glory, we might romanticize it and share how wonderful it sounds, but it is almost impossible to do as we continue to live in a world that is obsessed with fame, that is obsessed with notoriety, wealth, power, prestige. It is so difficult, if not impossible, to live this life of the gospel that Jesus invites us to. But here's the good news. Right before our gospel lesson, chapter 17, verse 1, in John chapter 16, verse 33, you know what Jesus tells his children? Do not let your hearts be troubled. 
for I have conquered the world. You can live a life of service. You will not be a fool for it. Although everything in this world will tell us we need to live a particular kind of way to seek the glories of Achilles, live according to the gospel. Because in the end, Jesus will have the final say in the life of our history, in the life of our church, in our own lives as well. You can live this way, trust me, for my way, Jesus says, will be the way. Do not be discouraged, for I have conquered the world. So may we all live with courage to live a life of service, to live a life of forgiveness, mercy, kindness, generosity, goodness. May it be so. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Wonderful God, we come to you this morning with full hearts. As we celebrate Confirmation Sunday, we thank you for the congregation, mentors, and parents that have carried us and walked alongside us in our journey of faith since our baptism. Through their example and presence, they have helped us know what it means to become a follower of Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Yet amidst the celebration of a growing church, we still carry woes, O oh God. Our hearts are anguished by the rising mental health crisis. We pray for those who are suffering silent battles with depression and anxiety. Help us to surround them with the love and the support they need to carry on. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we come to the end of the school year, we ask you for the strength to finish well. We thank you for the educators who have given of themselves so that we can learn, grow, and thrive. Be with us and all of the rest and ignite us in the passion to study your word. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift up those from our church family who are going through difficult times and grieving earthly loss. We ask for your healing hand and comforting embrace as they hope in your eternal promise. Lord, in your mercy. Creator God, spring is here, and as flowers bloom and birds sing, we are reminded of new life. Though we may feel surrounded by doom and despair, there is hope, light, and resurrection in you. So trusting in your goodness, we pray with confidence the prayer that you taught your disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Church, it takes a village to raise young people in faith. And we are so grateful for your support. You are the village. Uh, so I invite our ushers forward. And as we continue to go forth with our tithes and offerings, know that what you give matters and has created a vibrant um, confirmation and youth ministry here at Myers Park.
God, your generous outpouring of grace reminds us of the fruitful lives we're called to bear. May these gifts embody our desire to share in your glory and contribute to your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
May God's glory become our glory. Go now forth from this place. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore.